0: Right, guys well welcome back to another episode of the too many hobbies podcast i am your host brian althorpe today's episode is just going to be a recap of the start of our big duck season here in ohio and right off the bat i just want to let anybody know that's watching we are starting to do some new merch so i have a new logo that friend of the show greg taylor designed for me and so i'm wearing one of the shirts right now but the idea behind the shirts was that i wanted to take some of my photos that i've made and uh or some photos that i've taken and turn them into like a digital art so i found a way to kind of cartoon or animate my photos and those are on the back of the shirts and there's also going to be a logo shirt on the front and the back and i think that there's seven new shirts so those will be released in the next week or two I'm just finalizing some details on them now. There are also gonna be sticker packs if anybody's interested in putting stickers on anything. Uh, The stickers turned out pretty cool. I have one on my box that I carry all, my waterproof case for all my camera gear. And uh, I'm pretty excited with how they turned out. I bought a transparent one and I really don't like how that turned out. So I'm probably just gonna do white stickers. There'll be stickers contouring the actual logo and then the background of that will be white. It looks the best, and that's just what we're going to end up with. So I hope you guys enjoy the new merch when it comes out, and yeah, let's get into the show. So the body of today's show, I wanted to talk about the beginning of our duck season. You know, without us having the Middle Harbor blind, this year was a lot different. The year before that, we actually had um, some opportunities to not to hunt private too so we hunted my we hunted my pond at my old house and we don't have that anymore so anybody that's watched the video that came out last week knows that um we actually tried to find a public land spot that didn't have anybody there and if there wasn't as much low water as there is we would have had that we would have shown up and there wouldn't have been anybody there but when i showed up there about nine o'clock There was already a group in the parking lot, and I think that this episode is going to be nice because it kind of brings back a little bit of humanity into duck hunting, and, uh, you know, when I showed up, I could have been mad, and I could have, you know, came at these guys with an attitude, but there's three guys sitting in a truck. I decided when I pulled up, I said, you know, I'm going to go just see what they're doing. There's about, there was two potential spots that you could hunt at this location, and one of them was a skinny little body of water and then there was a riverside. And so you could walk through this and make it to the river. And um, so when I approached these guys, I said, hey, you know, I've been scouting this spot. I just wanted to see where you guys are hunting. There's really two spots that we can hunt here. And uh, so they let me know that they were going to be hunting the riverside. And then I told them that's perfect because we were planning on starting in the skinny body of water and Um, so I sat there and had conversation with them. We agreed that the way that it's going to be set up, it would be perfect for both of us to be able to hunt this spot. It makes it a lot easier for both of us. And, uh, you know, just, just approaching people in like a nicer way is such a more appropriate response to showing up at a public land spot And not getting mad. There's no reason to get mad at people for being in the same spot as you. It's childish, number one. Um, We're all adults here. And even the kids, if they're out there, you can respect them. And if it was me, I'd probably be more apt to let a kid hunt a spot just so that they can get a good experience. If I have scouted it, I know that there's birds there. And it's really only good for one person like good on them they have a better opportunity of getting out the spots before like us adults and not being able to like skip work to go sit at a spot or camp out at a spot you know we've all been there and uh i think it's just kind of the way that this goes is you know as you get older you're not going to be sleeping at these spots so you can't get mad when people are going to be doing the same thing that you were doing it just doesn't really make any sense so um I talked to these guys. Uh, there was Co- Cody, John, and Braden, and uh, they were bringing Braden up from uh, south southeast Ohio, and uh, they're friends with somebody up here that had taken them to a to a public spot. And then when they showed up there, there wasn't any water for them to be able to hunt, so uh, they ended up at the spot that we were at. And they were bringing Braden up. He was, I think they said he was 14 or 15, and they wanted to get him on some birds. So it was pretty cool that they drove all that way to be able to get him on the first bird that came in was going to be the bird that he was going to shoot. And they were sitting about, I think it was probably about 150 or 200 yards away, maybe. Um, it could have been closer, didn't really map it, just kind of guessed based on, on X, but um we did see a woody come over top of the tree line and dump right into them and we heard them shoot so I assume that Braden shot but we haven't talked to him uh all that much since to be able to figure out if he actually did or not but um yeah they had shown up there earlier in the day they were coming from a really far they made a really far drive to come up there to shoot one bird so um good for them for sticking it out but they uh had built a blind over on that side, and uh, so that's what they were. That's why they were planning on hunting where they were because they had already set up there with a blind, and uh, we weren't gonna be using a blind where we were going. But we ended up going in, setting up our camp, our tent, and camping in there. I didn't sleep like at all. I might have like dozed off for a little bit, but I mean, I was just dead by the time that we woke up. Cause I didn't, I didn't sleep, sleep. Like I didn't really fall asleep. So, uh, it was an interesting morning just because I haven't had to do that in a while. When we were at middle Harbor, we just showed up at like six fifteen, and there was tons of birds. We had a lot of opportunities at birds and uh, this spot, when I had scouted, it had about 25 wood ducks in it. And there was still wood ducks there. The problem was a lot of the spots that we hunt, we have good visibility to be able to see birds coming in. And this spot just didn't give us that opportunity. It was, there was too many trees. And when the birds would come in, it, you had to either be like hand on gun, ready to go looking at them or they were just gonna swing right past you. So right at first light, we had three birds that flew right over my head and I had just happened to be looking to my right and when I turned back to my left, they were like right there. So we didn't get a chance at those. We had another group of two or three come right over our heads that we saw and we whiffed on them. And then uh, we were calling a geese behind us and none of us were holding a gun and (laughs) Damien turned around and there's like 15 wood ducks flying right over our decoy. So if we weren't calling it these geese like morons, we would have been able to uh, probably bag a couple, hopefully. That's what I thought when the three came over is that we'd be able to shoot them. But um, then we had a single that came in like I don't know, 10 o'clock or something, 1030. And uh, we actually saw that one coming in, like, the one lane that you could see them coming from and pulled up and dumped that one. So we didn't get skunked on opening day, but it could have been a lot more fruitful had we uh, had we paid more attention, I think, was the big thing. You know, they always say keep your head on a swivel, and uh, we tried our best, but it, it just – you know, when you're sleeping overnight and, uh, you wake up with little to no sleep, it's, that was definitely, it definitely played a factor in it. So it was a good opening day. Uh, you know, we, we learned this new spot and, uh, I think that we'll be able to kind of dial that one in a little bit better as the season goes on. If we decide to go back, uh, looks like just, you know. By the way that it is that it's probably good for teal and wood ducks but i don't know there's probably not a lot of geese that sit in there uh it'd be a little small for like big groups of puddle ducks to be in but you i guess you know you don't really know until you go try so we're gonna definitely try and uh we'll see if we can learn that spot but then we ended up going back the next we went out the next day and ended up going out on the lake and uh we tried to uh see if we could get some puddle ducks coming out of the refuge and early right away we had about 12 birds that dumped right into the spread 10 minutes before shooting time and we didn't um we ended they ended up kicking up before we had a chance to um or by, by shooting light by shooting light we didn't have a chance at them they ended up flying away uh we had few more groups come in doubles we had a A set of about five mallards come and hit right at the end of our spread Um, if you guys have seen the last video that was also in there I did like an opening weekend video instead of making it um, two separate videos because there just wasn't enough footage for it my shot cam got completely jacked up and I don't know why it was so far off but for both days it was like completely out of whack um I don't know how I didn't notice. Uh, <laughs> it just was not set up right. You could still see the birds but like not centered in the camera. There was really really low at the bottom of the frame and uh, so anybody that was expecting some good shot cam footage I apologize for that. Um, we ended up shooting five birds on the lake. We had two hen mallards that for whatever reason just didn't they got crippled when we shot them they went down hard like they had gotten hit hard and then they just popped right up and by the time that i went to go get the boat that was like 200 250 yards away and i got out into the lake the wind had kicked up by that point and it was pretty choppy there was a massive glare on the water i went out as far as i could to try and find these birds and circled around circled we were they were watching them from shore with the spotting uh spotting scope and just couldn't couldn't find them so hopefully this year we don't have as many cripples as we've had that day i i really really hate it when we down birds and we can't find them especially on a lake that big um the chop just makes it almost impossible to find them a hen mallard is so light on the water that's really difficult to see them when you at, when you're going out after them uh as cripples as opposed to like Bright white bird, or like a really dark black bird. The divers generally are easier to see as cripples. um But yeah, that's just kind of the way that it goes. Boomer was able to get his first duck of the season. I uh, ended up getting the first mallard that we shot. We ended up shooting four mallards and a widgeon. We don't get a ton of widgeon around here. Um, we do get them in big groups and like spurts. So like at the beginning of the season, there'll be a couple, maybe a week or so that we see big flocks of them and then they just kind of disappear. They hang out with the gadwall and we get a lot of gadwall around here. Um, Surprisingly, haven't gotten on big groups of them yet, Um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens this weekend. Uh, Last weekend was the opening day for the North Zone. So Saturday I was not able to hunt, but um, Sunday we ended up going to the Delta Blind. If anybody's seen the video of that blind being built, that's what we hunted out of. We showed up early, brushed in the blind. Um, we had some, we weren't able to paint the top of the blind when we were painting it when we went out there. It's really tall. It's like seven and a half foot tall from the mud that's sitting in so you need like a ladder or something to get to get to the top of it and uh we didn't have a ladder we actually ran out of paint anyway so I don't know that we would have been able to get a lot of it but um we were gonna put burlap over top of it and then I remembered that I have blind grass from my old boat blind that I took off and it was sitting in my barn so that just happened to be 16 foot of blind grass and so the top of the blind is 16 foot fit perfectly up there and the corn was still up so it matched that uh you know when you're coming over the corn that's just you know right there same color as the as the corn so it's a good choice for the top of the blind so that's rolled up in there now and so anytime that we go out there we just need to set that on top but we have stubble straps on the front There's mesh on the back to tuck, brush into, and, um, you know, grass and stuff like that. So we brush it up a little bit. We're gonna just keep adding to it each time that we go out there. We added some branches to the front of it because we had to trim them from the left side of the blind so that uh, another dog blind can sit there. And then the big thing that we need to do next time that we go out there is put some sort of covering on the right side because the same way that it was at um, Middle Harbor, the sides are wide open we had we had a piece of wood out there that we were going to cut in half and use as the sides um and the owner's son ended up burning it in the burn pit so that was pretty unfortunate it was a full sheet of plywood and uh yeah we're just going to have to find either some burlap to hang from the edge there or go back out there cut that cut a piece of plywood put like hinges on it to make a door and uh then we should be good but the big thing about that hunt was that my brother ended up getting a hunting license this year. He was watching my videos. He got excited about uh, what I was doing, and he decided that I told him he could just get an apprentice license and come with us to make sure that he that he liked it before he took the hunter safety course, and uh, he ended up taking the hunter safety course, which was surprising to me. I don't come from a hunting family, so uh, it's cool that my brother's are interested in it jeff's the first one that's actually come and hunted tim has come out and sat in the blind with us because he lives right down the street from that pond um but they're interested in it tim wants to turkey hunt this year i'm not a big turkey hunter but if he wants to go then i will uh he's gonna try to come out to the delta blind since he lives right there but it was a good place to take jeff for his first hunt because it's controlled i didn't have to worry about people at a public land spot or like him screwing anything up like it was easy he, he didn't have to wear camo he can just sit in the blind i brought an extra gun for him showed him how to use it and then when birds came in we just jump up and shoot and there was a lot of birds out there um they've been using that pond quite a bit And so we knew that there was going to be action there, but we just weren't sure how much. And actually, there was another group down the street that was field hunting, and they got into quite a few birds, or at least they shot at a lot of birds. Not sure what that actually means, but um, they got into them pretty good. Uh, We could have had some more opportunities if we wanted to pass shoot birds, but I was trying to get birds to finish in the spread so that my brother would have a better chance at shooting them so when we did have two come in he pulled up shot and then we shot after i don't know if he hit the first one if he did it kept flying so then we topped them off but um regardless he got to shoot at some birds he got to hang out and see what duck hunting is all about i think his he was wondering if it would be more like deer hunting i mean when you watch this when you watch shows. You don't really see like the the banter in the blinds so it can definitely look like it's a deer hunting type of perspective like you're sitting in a blind you're quiet but this is the complete opposite so we were sitting there drinking coffee uh eating snack sticks hanging out while we're still like watching for birds and then when the birds would come in you just kind of sit down or duck your head and you're good to go, so I think that he really enjoyed it he didn't he didn't realize how much work really goes into a dog, and like my my dog's not great by any means, but he does what he's supposed to and boomer ended up having a uh his i think it's one of his first like i haven't measured before, but this one was over a hundred yard retrieve on a goose uh we shot it, and then there was birds coming in so we went back into the blind and that there was a pretty good wind about 15 mile an hour out of the South and it pushed the bird out into the, the pond even more, um, to where I wasn't sure if I should send him or just get the kayak and, and grab it. But, uh, he marked it asked, you know, lined him up, sent him and he did exactly what he was supposed to. So that was cool that he got to see that. And, uh, you know, it's just, I think my biggest thing is that I, I really enjoy taking people out on their first hunt and kind of exposing them to it, showing them what it's all about and really trying to, to show them correctly. There's a lot of people that can take somebody out on a hunt and not do it correctly and not teach them the things that they're supposed to be taught. I don't think that Jeff's ever going to go out on his own for a hunt um, I guess it's early to say that, but I just don't, I don't know that that's what his his plan is. I think that he likes the fact that he can go with me and we can spend time together. So I've taken so many people out on their first hunt and I like to think that I'm approachable enough to, and that's and that's why people ask me to go or ask me to take them and I don't mind taking them. I like to teach them, you know, if I'm taking you to a spot, don't go back the next day and hunt that same spot type of thing. You know, I, I like to teach them the etiquette of the sport as I've been taught it. And I think that the way that I've been taught it is the same way that everybody else should be taught or like has been taught and that has been passed down to them. And uh, I just I just want to make sure that I'm doing something correctly and I want to show other people what this is all about. I think that there's a lot of people out there that are interested and just never been given the opportunity to, to go. Um, It's expensive. It's expensive to go. It's expensive to buy decoys and boats and waders and guns and ammo and, if I can provide some of that so that they can experience it and see if it's something that they're really interested in, I like to be that person. And I, I try to use this channel, this podcast, um, just myself in general. I think that I, I, I like to be a, a resource that people can turn to and I can show them the ropes and keep giving them advice as – the season goes on, or as they still keep progressing in the sport, or whatever the case may be, there's a lot of negativity in waterfowl hunting, and I don't want to be another negative person that's telling people that you know don't hunt my lake, or you know that they shouldn't be in the sport, or whatever the case is. I I, I don't want to be that guy. I think that there's too many people out there that really think that they own the sport, or they own the water, or they own the the public land, and blah blah blah. And there's just so much more to it than shooting birds. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I love shooting a limit of birds. I love shooting, you know, as much as I possibly can. It gives me good content for (laughs) the videos. I'd be kind of remiss if I said that I hate that i don't enjoy the actual shooting part of it but there's just more to it i enjoy you know being strategic and setting up decoys and scouting and finding birds and just being excited that that's where i'm gonna hunt and getting my boats out and loading decoys and setting the decoys up and seeing my dog grab a bird and you know all the cliche stuff that everybody likes there's only so much that you can like about the sport but I've gotten past the fact of, like, I need to go out and shoot a ton of birds to have a good time. And if I can teach other people that there's more to it than just going out and shooting a bunch of birds, I want I want to be a resource. I want to help. And by taking my brother out, I feel like it was just... That one was special for me because I've taken people out, but the closest that I've gotten as far as like family goes is taking my cousin out and we had already hunted before we were deer, we deer hunted together for a couple of years before I took him waterfowl hunting and seeing him getting into the sport and seeing how he's taken my advice and been successful as a waterfowl hunter. He's, he's a farmer, so he has access to land, but that access to land doesn't help if you don't scout and you don't put in time to find birds and when he goes on public land he's not setting up right next to somebody i've taught him better than that i've taught him not to set up 50 yards from somebody if there's somebody there find a different spot and the biggest thing is concealment he is one of the best blind brushers that i've had like that i've taken out as like a new hunter The first time I took him out, I told him to brush in my panel blinds and I was out setting decoys and we were on the lake and I turned around and I had to have him stand up out of the blind so I could see where it was like he just, he knows what he needs to do. And so those are the kind of people that like I take pride in that I've taught them something in the sport. There's people that I've taken that just don't care. They they don't care what I have to say or what anybody has to say. They just have, like, their own idea of what they're going to do. And, uh, you know, that's fine to each their own, but it's just not uh, – it feels feels like I failed in a way that I wasn't able to, like, get through to them and teach them the right ethics and um, all that kind of stuff. But it's – you're not going to be able – to get everybody on the same page unfortunately so taking my brother was a very sentimental thing for me um taking him to a spot that's a family spot not our our family but my in-laws family um but blind that i've built with people that i've been hunting with for years that i enjoy spending time with and we've grown as a hunting group and getting to show him what what it's all about you know it doesn't matter if you have the best gear if you don't have good people around you you're not going to enjoy the hunt and I even told Damien while we were there I said I I feel bad for people that don't get to hunt with you because it's it's a trip every time I've known Damien for 12 years now and I never know what's going to come out of his mouth it just he keeps you on your toes he's knowledgeable in the sport it's just it's the best of both worlds and he was just as excited as I was to to be able to take out my brother and be part of that um I talked to him today and it was it was cool to see that he was excited as excited about it as I was um It was just a really, it was a really cool experience and I wanted to make, I wanted to take an opportunity in this show to talk about some of the hunts that we did this week or in the last two weeks, but touch on that fact because it's been on my mind, you know, for the last day, but even leading up to it, like it was a cool thing that I was, I was excited for. I knew that, you know, there's always the potential of getting in the birds thick and there's a potential of not shooting anything. And uh, luckily, we we had some shots at birds. We knocked four down. We had a good time. So that's all I can ask for. And I just really wanted to touch on that just because it's, it's important to me. And uh, I think that a lot of people can relate to that, being able to take family members, you know, sons, daughters, nieces, nephews, granddaughters, grandsons, you know, whatever the case may be, I just think that we are going to set up the next generation for failure if we don't introduce them to the sport and uh we're actually going to set everybody up for failure if nobody wants to participate. You know, there's 850,000 hunters in the United States and there's 330 million people. So you're talking about whatever that percentage is like less than you know a half percentage whatever it is that's just insane that there's that many people in this country and basically nobody hunts and we're the ones that are funding you know the the years to come we're the ones that are restoring the wetlands we're conserving all of this property For us to use as sportsmen sportswomen but if we don't keep expanding the sport then it's it's gonna just fall apart so that's my PSA for the night um I just I wanted to take a moment out of having guests on the podcast to talk about some of the things that are going on over here Uh, I know that you guys I hope you guys are watching the videos, and uh, I also really appreciate the support on that. I got monetized uh, about a month and a half ago, and it's just cool to see that the channel's growing as much as it is. Um, that people are recognizing the hard work that goes into it and enjoying it. I, I I don't. I'm not a professional hunter by any means. I've expressed that as many times as I possibly can that I'm just not I feel like I'm qualified enough to be making the videos and talking in an educational sense but I'm by no means like a guide or a professional in the sport and I just think it's cool that people are enjoying videos from somewhere like Ohio where we're not a big destination for waterfall hunting but we there's a lot to offer here if you really know where to look and you put in the work there's a lot to offer in the state Um, obviously the lake is a big part of that Um, it's just cool that that so many of you guys support what I'm doing and that's the reason that I can feel sick all day and then decide that I still want to record a podcast for you guys to say on schedule so it means a lot to everybody that's out there listening, if you've made it this far, I appreciate it um so that's gonna that's gonna do it but like I said, you guys are the best. I appreciate everything if you guys are interested in the new t shirts uh they will be on the website hopefully within the next week uh they'll be i think twenty five dollars um that's about the cheapest that I can go with them uh it's a print on demand so uh It'll be through my Shopify store where you can find these prints that are behind me. There's a bunch of prints on there. So it'll be on the Brian Althor Media Shopify store. There'll be a Too Many Hobbies section on there that you can buy the merch from. And I'll try to add to it as much as I can. But it takes a long time for me to design these and like get them how I like them. So they just came in today. I am pretty pleased with how they turned out. And uh, hopefully I can keep making good stuff so thank you guys so much for listening thank you for watching the videos if you guys are watching on youtube and you've made it this far please give it a thumbs up subscribe if you're not already subscribed keep uh if you're on apple podcasts make sure that you guys hit the plus in the top to add the show to your guys's list uh any of the podcast streaming platforms should have something similar to that to be able to be notified when there's new episodes that are coming out they come out every two weeks on tuesday and they'll hopefully be going through the end of december if i can find enough guests so (laughs) thank you guys and i appreciate it